In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the water. This is the beginning of the book of beginnings, the very beginning, the very first verses of our scriptures. And these words are echoed for us in the Gospel of John, John chapter 1. The first four verses of the Gospel of John say this, In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. So right here we have God the Father, the Spirit of God, and the Word who, as John goes on to share with us, Jesus. So we have the Trinity right present here, right in the center, right at the beginning, right at the headwaters of all things. Before anything else came to be, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, the Word. The end of the book, the last chapter in Revelation 22, speaking here of Jesus, says, They will see His face, His name will be on their foreheads, there will be no more night, they will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. In the beginning, God. At the end, God. In between, God. God, God, God. And remember the word I shared with you. He, Jesus, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible, invisible, thrones, powers, rulers, authorities. All things were created by him, for him. He's before all things. And in him all things hold together. Now, why is this important for you and me? Well, let me let me explain this to you because you and I live in a world that says in the beginning, huh. In the beginning, you fill in the blank. But because we believe that in the beginning, God, and because we believe in the middle, God, and because we believe in the end, God, there are some very significant things, there are very, there's some significance to that that impacts your and my life. We may not always be conscious of it, but it's very significant for us as we live out our lives. First of all, because it means that you and I have 
purpose. We have purpose. Listen to this. God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish and the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. We, you, are created in the image of God. And because of that, you have been given a purpose by Him. You have been given a a stewardship of your life and the world around us. Romans 8, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters, And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. He predestined us to be conformed to the image of his son. We are created in the image of God. And we're in the process of being recreated into the image of his son. To be conformed, to be restored to the calling and purpose that he has given to us in our lives. Your life is not an accident. Your life has significance. Your life has value. Your life is precious. Your life has purpose. Your life has design. The heavens, all the universe. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. The whole design of the universe. Amazing. The design of this universe declares that we have a God who has designed the ultimate designer. Not only that, but he's designed you. Those of you that have had babies around here know that pretty much every time that I come to the hospital or talk to you on the phone after you've had a baby, read this scripture to you because we just need to continue to rehearse and remind ourselves of this truth. You Speaking, David speaking of God, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body and all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And you've heard it before, but let me say it to you again. God does not make any junk. He only makes treasures. And you are a treasure. You've been perfectly made by the Lord. There are so many voices around you and inside of you that tell you something different. And I would tell you this morning, do not listen to those voices. 
Listen to the whisper of the Lord in your heart. He says, you are precious, you are valuable, you are beautiful, you are, you are designed by me, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. His eyes saw you throughout your entire existence. He's known you. I don't know. That, can you hear that? Can you hear that? It's hard to hear sometimes. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're a treasure. Come on. Say it to somebody. If you're not near somebody, turn around, find somebody. Don't let anybody not hear it. You're a treasure. 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 All right. Touchy-feely moment done. Okay. <laughs> See some of you going. No, please. That means because there's purpose and because there's design, there's meaning. There's meaning. Here we go. We've already read it twice. The sun is the image of the Invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He's before all things, in him all things hold together. He's the head of the body of the church, the beginning of the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on heaven, by, on earth, or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood. He, all of these things are finding their, their, their knittedness together, their cohesion in Christ, in the fullness of Him, and He's bringing all things together. And the purpose of all of this is to bring glory to God who has created us in the beginning. God. At the end, God. In between, God. Now, I just wanted to sit there for a minute because I want you to hear this. I, please hear this. If you don't hear anything else today, please listen very carefully to the words that are coming out of my mouth next. The Lord desires that you would shape your life around Him, not that he would shape his life around you. Let me say it again. The Lord's desire is that you would shape your life around him not that he would shape his life around you. And let's have a little bit of honesty here, people. Because I think in our secret heart of hearts, we really do think that God is going to shape his life around us. 
we sort of fit him in. Come on. <laughs> oh, we don't normally have sort of some carven image that we, you know, genuflect to here and there and then go on and do our thing, but... Mm. I think a lot of times we're spiritual idolaters. Lord, have mercy. Help us. I mean, God just, and, and, you know, please, you, you need to hear my heart. God is very faithful to pass his sword through my own heart. And uh, he's really hot on this right now. This is, he's very, very intent about this. He's, he's like, God is the ultimate on task person in the universe. He's always on task. He's always doing this. He's always doing this. And so he wants to bring your life and my life. He wants to bring our lives into proper orientation around him. Let's talk about that just a little bit more. And this, this is what we're going to be talking about the next six weeks. I shared this during the last series, and so we're coming back to this, but we're going to unpack it much more fully here now. What I call the priority wheel. See, what I want to cement in your heart here, what I think the Lord wants to cement in our heart, because I still need it cemented further, deeper into me. I think we almost universally think of our priorities as a list. And I don't think God really is all that interested in our priority list. I think he's much more interested in what I call a priority wheel, where he is at the center. And everything that's a part of our life becomes rightly oriented into him. And through him, all things then begin to hold together in our lives. Because if you're simply shuffling through the list constantly, you know, family, ministry, work, you know, all of these other things, you're going to go crazy. So we're going to be talking about in the next several weeks, Recreation, occupation, friendships, finances, family, and ministry. Six areas. Now, there's lots more that we could probably talk about, but we're going to talk about these six areas in specific. And this morning, we're going to begin with recreation. We're going to start with recreation. What is the purpose? design and meaning of recreation. First of all, I want you to notice something. Now, did anybody notice anything about the word recreation? Tell, tell me what you notice about the word recreation. Anybody notice anything? All right. Our new friend, Jim, right up front. A visitor with his hand up. I like this. Jim and I go way back. We, we met this morning about 945. All right. So, 
Tell me, Jim, what do you notice about that word? Aha. He's got it. All right. Tom brings goodies sometimes when he's, I don't have any goodies to give you, so sorry. I have an atomic fireball. How would that do? All right. There you go. All right. Let's give Jim a hand. Woo! All right. Yeah. In the word recreation is the word recreate. This is part of the reason we began with creation this morning. To get that established into your soul. Because we have done and we have totally superficialized recreation and leisure. We have totally removed it from its proper setting in God. Let me explain. Definition of recreation. Literal definition. You can go to, the, go to your Webster's Dictionary and look it up. To create anew. To create anew. Here's what it is not. <laughs> All right. Everybody pull in your toes really close right now. Okay, pull in your toes because they're about to get stepped on. It is not idleness. We think of recreation or leisure as the absence of activity. Just an idleness. It's a, but it's a passive understanding of what recreation is, and it misses the point. The other, ooh, ooh, sorry. The other thing that recreation is not, it is not diversion. And this is what we have redefined recreation into in our culture. We have redefined it into diversion. Which is addictive, distracting, and ultimately boring. got what 168 channels and there ain't nothing to watch come on what is numbing ourselves with distractions and the more you know and oh my wait a minute wait a minute oh, 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 oh. wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute What's come now? Ah, ah, wait, wait. Hey, I'm as much as the next person. Not so much with that. <laughs> All right. Don't even try to text me because you ain't hearing back from me. All right. Plus, it's going to cost me money because I don't have the plan with a text. All right. But. But we're constantly diverting ourselves. Okay? So what is it? It 
it's, it's intended to be revitalizing. That's what it's intended to be. It's intended to be active. It's something that engages your mind, your body, your spirit. It's, it's an active. And it's intended to be integrating. It's supposed to have, there's supposed to be a rhythm and a holisticness about it. Here's, here's what I mean by that. In true recreation, when your mind, I don't know what, what happens to your mind when you're doing um, recreating activities, but one of the things that actually happens, and, and, and studies will prove this to be the case, you want to solve a really difficult problem, get all the information, try to, try to you know, get as much information about the problem as you can, and then go out and play. And it's while you are playing that things will begin to synthesize in your mind, in your head. It's intended to be an opportunity. I mean, it's intended to be an opportunity to figure out what's going on around me and why is it and, 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 and intended to, for curiosity and for, for wonder and for beauty and, and, and for all of that and more. And we've bought this pablum in our culture. We have the leisure industry. It's a business designed to suck the time and money out of your life. I always tell couples, when we go through pre marriage counseling, all right, Joel and Pamela, wherever you are, you get an early. Joel's back there. No, it's on there. All right, yeah, there he is. Oh, they're not even sitting together this morning. Uh oh. That's because Joel was in the sound booth. So they're going to get this talk in a little bit. The best thing that you can do for your marriage is go out and take a walk. Best thing you can Go out and take a walk. Okay? Together. Thank you, Tom. I need to qualify that for some of you. Okay. Together. Yeah, that's a helpful thing. Okay? There are studies that prove. Come here, honey. Come here, sweetie. All right. Here, there, there are studies that will prove this. This has nothing to do, well, it has something to do with the message, but okay. So, go ahead. Is this okay? Yeah, you're going to make it? All right, there you go. All right. No. All right. We are really old. Okay. Just today we're old. Okay, yes. Studies show that women, when they're interacting, prefer this. They want this. Hallelujah! Yes! You know, the guy's going like this, and she's like, okay, look at me, all right? Look me in the eye, all right? Guys, studies, guys, like this. You can hear better, yeah, right? You're not distracted by her beauty. You know, you're sitting there, she's talking to you, and suddenly you're just lost in her eyes. 
But when you're sitting there like this, you can interact. And this is the way guys talk. This is the way they, you know, guys So what position are you in when you're taking a walk? You're like this. Your guy won't talk to you? Leave him out on a walk. All right? There you go, darling. Thank you. Yes, the lovely Miss Manna. No. Wow, I have no idea where we are in the message now. So. That's all right. I think I simply want to encourage us to start understanding and thinking about recreation in a new way. We are the first generation, probably, I mean, first generations in history that have as much leisure time as we've got. We have more leisure time than... I mean, back in the day, you worked 10 to 14 hours a day every day just to, just to get enough to stay alive. We've got all of this leisure time and we're busier than ever. When was the last time you asked somebody, so how's it going? Oh, man, I got so much time on my hands, I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> nope. What's all our answer? I'm busy. And we are. But there's something, I think something about that is more mindset related than anything else. And we've got to change, we, somehow we have to reshape the way we think about things as in terms of recreation. All right, I'm never going to get done with this message if I don't get going. So here we go. All right, we're moving on. So I'm going to give you seven quick points. Think about them, listen to them, write them down, go back and do the scriptures. Okay, what's recreation about? What's it for? What's its purpose? What's its design? What's its meaning? You know, we never talk about it, so we're talking about it today. The Bible doesn't have any particular specific verses about leisure or about recreation. It's sort of implicit and implied and in the midst of all of the rest. But also it was written in cultures where there wasn't the kind of leisure that we have today. So we have to kind of dig in to discover what is the real purpose and design and meaning for recreation. One is for creativity. I was there. I love this in Proverbs. I was there when he set the heavens in place, when he marked out the horizon on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep, when he gave the sea its boundaries so the waters would not overstep his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth. Then I was the artisan at his side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in his whole world, and delighting in mankind. This is wisdom speaking here. Okay? The personification of wisdom. But I want you to notice that. I was the artisan at his side. God, if we're created in the image of God, and he is a creative God, part of the way he's created you is to be creative. 
Now that's going to look different to different folks. When we think of creative, I mean, I can't even draw a stick person and somebody figure out that it's a person, okay? Pictionary is a nightmare, all right? <laughs> Some of you played that with me. You know, it's bad. Not quite as bad as my father, however, but okay. Anyway, love you, Dad, if you listen to this. All right, yes. So, but creativity comes in all kinds of different ways. For some of you, creativity is working on an engine. You know, Terry Christopher, you can get creative with working. You know, I open the hood and go, yeah, there's an engine. Isn't that lovely? I have no idea what's in there, okay? But you can do all kinds of creative things. I mean, there is a bazillion ways. You know, for me, it's gardening. I love gardening. I love to put something into the earth, tend it, and it actually grows. Wow. It's amazing. <laughs> As a pastor, this is a really good thing, okay? It's really fun to see something just happening. Right? And it's beautiful. I love that. I just that nourishes my creative end of things. How about you? What are you creative about? God's put creativity in you. All the stuff you see around you, somebody had a creative picture and saw. Okay? The wonder of imagination. Dreaming the Father's dream. Get that, the wonder of imagination. I heard, a, heard something the other day on the radio. They were talking about, and this is, okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you, I, I'm going to, I don't know, I'm anyway, I'm in the mood, so we're going for it. All right. Kids are way too over-programmed. They are way, way too you know, everything has been created for them, and all they're doing is being passive participants of that. Turn it off and turn them loose. They'll be created. Now I know. Some of the moms are looking at me like, oh, Pastor, <laughs> the only thing that saves me. It's okay. I understand. But they need to have opportunity. Kids don't have time to imagine anymore. They don't have time to dream. Noah and I are reading through the trilogy right now. That would be, for those of you that don't know, that's next to the scriptures. Okay. J.R. Tolkien, we are right now in the battle at the Pelennor Fields. It's incredible. We're just like, I'm like gripped. I've only read it a hundred times, but I'm just gripped. And we're imagining it. I'm not going to let him watch the movies until he's imagined in his mind. I want him to, I want him just to imagine. I want my kids filled with wonder. They wonder a lot. They wonder about dad. Wonder <laughs> what he's doing now, all right? Grace. Recreation is about grace. 
You know, have you ever had... Have you, okay. True confession time, okay? There's been a couple of times in my life when I have been deadly ill but have continued to work. Hmm. And part of what underlies that is a false sense that the world just won't get on without me. But there's been a few times when that ha- I haven't been able to, and you know what? It has managed without my attention. I don't have a clue how. But part of what recreation reminds us of is that you are not a human doing, you're a human being. And there's grace. Are you tired and worn out and burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn. I love this. Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of this. The unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Holy mackerel. In the church today, boy, do we live with a works mentality. God, help us. Move into grace. Right? It's not all about push, push, push. It's about the rhythm of receiving giving. Every day's a gift. That's why they call it the present. Sometimes you're so living so far out there that you're not present here. Right? And we wonder why we're tired. Ah, recreation's grace. Breathe it in. Just breathe in the fresh air. Freedom! To the Jews who believed in Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the Son sets you free, you're going to be free indeed. Part of what recreation reminds you of is you are not a slave. You're free. You're free. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Have you ever been in the midst of whatever, weighty, heavy, and suddenly you've gotten hit with just uncontrollable laughter? I love it when that happens. You know, you can't exactly plan it and strategize it, but man, when it comes, it's good. We're free to live with nothing to hide, nothing to fear, nothing to prove, nothing to lose. We're free. It's interesting. The word for leisure or recreation, two things, very quick. First is um, that in the Greek, the word is skola, from which we get scholastic. So in the Greek understanding, freedom and school were integrally connected. So you are, here's the word for you that are students this morning. 
Here's what God wants to tell you. You are free to go to school and learn. You have the freedom to learn. You're free to go and learn. That's a gift. It's a gift to learn. And a freedom to do it. In the Latin, the word is the same word that we, would, we get license from, which means to be permitted. You are permitted to let your hair down. You're permitted to learn. You're committed. Committed. Yeah, that too. We're going to be committed if we're not permitted. France, during the um, revolution, they tried to actually abolish the seven-day week. They tried to go to an eight-day week. They tried to abolish Sabbath. You know what happened? It all came up. The wheels came off. All right, worship. Yeah, that's part of recreation. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, you His servants. Praise the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord be praised both now and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is exalted over all the nations, His glory above the heavens. Who's like the Lord our God, the one who sits enthroned on high, who stoops down to look on the heavens and the earth? He raises the poor from the dust, lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes, with the princes of His people. He settles the childless woman in her home as a happy mother of children. Praise the Lord. The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him together. I hope that when you come to church on a Sunday or whenever you gather together with the people of God or even in your own heart and life, you realize that a part of recreation, a part of this is worship of the Lord. And when we come here together to enjoy Him, He pours out His grace over us. He just pours out His He loves it. My kids are enjoying themselves with me. Worship is a part of recreation. It's another dimension of it. It's even funner than hockey and football. It really is. Community. Then God said, let us Make man in our image and our likeness. Right there in Genesis, we have the Trinity in relationship with one another. And he says, let us make man in our image. The Lord God said, it is not suitable for the man to be alone. I'll make a helper suitable for him. And I say, thank you, God. All right. Because two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone, though one may be overpowered? Two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. We are invited out of the poverty of isolation and into the abundance of relationship. Recreation is intended to bring us out of isolation and into relationship. And I say this because, and this is embedded in Genesis, it's embedded in creation. And it doesn't matter whether you're married or single or young or old. God has purposed and intended for you to be in relationship with others. And one of the things that I'm deeply concerned about is how isolating our leisure activities have become and how disconnected we are from one another with the illusion of connection. And there are studies after studies after studies showing more and more and more disconnection 
Have you ever sat in a room with people who are actually emailing one another from the same room? I have. I'm sorry. It scares me. It scares me. Hello, turn around and say hi. Okay, this is not about being old. I am old, okay? And I'm not technological, it's not even about the technology itself, but it's the unintended consequences. Okay? I mean, you can be isolated reading a book, too. Okay, I'm not talking about, it's not that. But we need to understand that the intention is to bring us into community. Rest is the obvious one, but you've got to say it. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing, so on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, he rested from all of the work of creating that he had done. Rest is a part of recreation. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. You have permission to rest. Our life and labor flow out of rest rather than working to rest. Read back the creation account. The evening and the morning, the first day. The evening and the morning, the second day. In the Hebrew understanding, the day began with rest and then flows into work. We're all working just so that we can finally get to the weekend or finally get to our day off or finally get to our evening where we can crash. God wants to help us turn that upside down. He wants you working out of rest. Not working to rest. Finally, joy. He has made everything beautiful in His time. I love this. He has also said eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there's nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live. That each of them may eat and drink, find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it. Nothing can be taken from it. God does it so that people will fear Him. Our ultimate satisfaction is found only in God. In His presence, there is fullness of joy. It is when our lives are centered around Him that our lives will be filled with true satisfaction and joy. You will not find it if you shape your life around anything else, anything else will prove false, incomplete, insufficient. But in Christ, there is sufficiency for you and for me to experience full, ultimate satisfaction and joy. Not always happiness, but joy, which is different than happiness. All right. So, here's some practicals. What do I do, Pastor? Well, <laughs> we'll start with the most challenging one. Unplug. Unplug. Years ago, I had, uh, I received a challenge, and it was, um, it was of the Lord. It was good. And I went on a, we, family did a television fast. And uh, that was great. It just kind of broke that power. Now, today it would, might be other things. Okay? Perhaps you need to have a temporary, um, what we affectionately refer to in our house, a blackberryectomy. 
okay, for a brief time. Or perhaps you need to just, but, but something, what, what do you need to do, what can you do just to sort of unplug, and maybe it's not even just unplugging a cord, but unplug from all the stuff that's consuming. Grow. Part of, you know, this is a, uh, recreation is a time to grow. Find something new to do. Sign, learn, do something you've not done before. Uh, discover, you know, find, you know, I, I love, okay, everybody loves being around Norm, okay? Part of what I love about being around Norm is he knows more stuff about more things than I've ever known, okay? I mean, he just knows stuff. He's got all these facts about, you know, we're talking about whatever, and suddenly he's like, oh, God, but, you know. And it's like, wow. All right? Learn. Play. Just get out and play. Okay? It was so fun. I mean, a little bit of shoveling got done at our house. No, a fair amount, actually. But it was great to look out the, you know, what was wonderful was I was inside. They were out shoveling. That was, first thing was really good. And then to look out and watching all of them play. They were having just a royal. You did win, right, Estimate? No, Claire says. Okay, well, I don't know. It was a draw. But there was a lot of play going on out there. Just fun. Play. All right? Dream. Just last time you dream. Imagine. Sabbath. Enjoy. Celebrate. Laugh. Slow down. Be present. Be intentional. Find a rhythm. I'll just leave those up for a minute for you to write down if you want to. Just just some thoughts. As Pastor Sam and I were preparing for the message this week, as we were dialoguing about it and talking about it, we were just kind of, what are some practical things that we can share? some ideas just to get you started. God's looking for holy and whole human beings. You know, we don't do a real good job at this sometimes. So I think God wants to encourage us. All right? I've told you before, I said, you know, a lot of times, you know, where is Jesus now? A lot of times... Jesus is playing games with my kids. He just is. He's having a really good time. I'm glad he is because I am too. All right? It's just part of, you know? Jesus is on a date with his wife. I'm really happy. Because I'm really happy to be on a date with my wife. I really am. Just... All right, are you catching? I'm just sort of giving you, but, all right? 